Welcome to the Marriage Puzzle Podcast with Julie and Thomas Hobby. We are marriage coaches who help couples with pain points about money, intimacy, and communication go from being overwhelmed to being secure in their marriage. If this is your first time listening to us, thanks for checking out our podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Let's dive into this episode. Hey everyone, as summer's coming to a close, we're excited for another podcast episode with you. Um, we're going to be talking about communication because uh, you guys know we're marriage coaches and in our marriage p- packages, we have different options. One of our highest requested coaching subject to cover is communication. So if you're struggling in this area, know that you're not alone. Everybody, including Thomas and I, are always working on communicating better. Uh, the next highest subject that uh, is requested from us to help with is money and sex. And so that's what we've been talking about the past three weeks. If you haven't, if you're just jumping in now, uh, go back and, and kind of hear those episodes about money and marriage. And um, let's talk about sex is the title last week, uh, because money, sex and communication are what we believe is like a three-legged stool in, in marriages. And you have to have all three for your marriage to stand Um, because without it, it would get pretty wobbly. Yeah, totally. And uh, in this episode, we're talking about communication. In fact, it's titled Three Ways That You're Failing at Communication. And so uh, we want... That's so encouraging. Well... (laughs) We're all failing. We're all failing. I mean... We'll give you ways to help. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's kind of true, right? You know, if we're all always working on it, then you know, none of us are perfect at it. So we've all got to get better. Um, but anyway, so we're going to talk about three ways that couples fail to communicate properly, um, in their relationship. And those three ways are number one, lack of one-on-one time together when you can talk and listen. Uh, number two, high expectation that one partner should just know what the other is thinking. And number three, the unwillingness of one partner to consider the other's point of view. So let's tackle number one first, lack of one-on-one time together when you can talk and listen. Yeah, marriage without communication, um, without you know the exchange of thoughts or feelings or even emotions, it's really unsustainable. So you might find that you're not really mindful of making each other a priority and then communication just starts to slip altogether. Right. And there's a really easy way to start to turn this this around if you're feeling like this is uh, a scenario that your marriage might be fitting in. Uh, the easy way to start turning this around is schedule that one-on-one time. Now, we talk a lot about date nights on our podcast and things like that. And With this, we're not even saying take it that far. Like, that's great. But if you're feeling like you're not scheduling just like like you can't even have that one-on-one time to talk, then a a date night might even be too difficult to get in right now. You might need to schedule 15 minutes or 30 minutes on your calendar um, to just be intentional, (laughs) to just be intentional about spending time together just to talk. And uh, so we encourage you to put that on your calendar uh, so that it's blocked out for both of you. Avoid distractions. So put devices away. You know, if you're if that's truly blocked out on your calendar, then it's blocked out just for your spouse and then be consistent. So if you schedule it, you know, this Thursday at 7 p.m., 
you know, after dinner or once your kids are in bed, if you have kids, things like that, find that time and then try that every day or at very least the same day every week, if possible. Um, you know, we've, we've had, uh, couples who someone travels for work and things like that. And we encourage you as often as possible to try to still maintain that consistency even during that time um, and make sure that you are uh, FaceTiming with each other to get that time in and and keep the consistency with that one-on-one time. Yeah, I think um, if you're listening, you're like, I do have one-on-one time with, with my spouse. Like, we're good in this area. I would say I would have said that uh, a couple months ago for, for our marriage, um, because we, we did but have not anymore. <laughs> just... we, we did have the consistency that you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, if you've been following along with us every week, <laughs> we had a baby about four months early and, um, he's two months old now and in the, in the hospital and ICU. And so we go and see him every day and he's, he's growing and getting stronger and stronger, but then like we've gotten off with our each other been shaken our, up. and our communication uh, has been suffering because of that. And so what we thought was strong, um, you know, in that three legged stool, uh, it's getting really wobbly because we haven't been able to be as consistent with just our simple, simple face to face conversation. Our communication right now is like, who has the kids and who's doing dinner and where are you going and what's tomorrow? And that's needed, but um, we've had to go back to our roots here of what we're teaching and coaching and um, put it on your calendar, avoid those distractions, be consistent um, to be able to talk and listen. Totally. And let's take a look at number two, the high expectation that one partner should just know what the other is thinking. So AKA reading the other person's mind. This is something I, I guess I would say I struggle with. I would say <laughs> He's that. nodding his head so big. I would say that you struggle. You with know, that. I can, I can make subtle hints like, oh, it's a beautiful day. The sun is out. It's, it's nice walking weather. And, and Thomas is like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, he didn't get it. Like I didn't ask for anything. I just hinted that I wanted to go outside <laughs> with him. And so I've had to learn to be more, you know, direct with those requests. Um, and so don't just assume the other person, you know, knows what you're thinking and you have that high expectation that they're always going to, they're always going to let you down unless you're, you are more like, I'd like to take a walk with you this afternoon. Would you be willing to do that with me between, you know, say one o'clock, two o'clock? Uh, what, what do you think? You know, that that's a little bit more direct than just hinting and, and hoping that he picks it up and he asks me out on a walk. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the early part of a relationship, when you're dating, you can be a little more in tune with those hints because you aren't as comfortable with them yet. So you're trying to, you know, make sure you get everything right. And then as you get comfortable, and we talked about this, I think in last week's episode, just when you get comfortable with the other person, things just happen to change and not necessarily on purpose or because you don't want to communicate or you don't want to go on a walk with them or anything like that. <laughs> I think you're listening more too early on because mm-hmm. you really are just intrigued by them. Mm-hmm. And then I used the word last week that we, yeah, you get comfortable. And so it's not maybe that we're intentionally not listening, but you just kind of like, 
I don't know what you're asking. Like, why would you want to go and walk with me? Like we're married. <laughs> well, I know that's a silly example, but that's something that I find myself doing like on the daily of <laughs> those subtle hints. And then I get disappointed and I'm not, that's why it's a failed communication. Yeah. Instead of just putting myself out there and being like, this is, this is what I'm thinking. Are you on board? Cool. <laughs> And, you know, there, there's another example here that's the famous question that probably when I say it, any married couple listening to this is going to start nodding their head <laughs> in agreement. Uh, the famous question, where would you like to eat or what would you like for dinner? Something like that. Um, now, two episodes ago, we talked about meal planning, so that can solve a lot of your problems. Go back and listen <laughs> to that one or three episodes, something like that. Go back and listen to the meal planning episode we talked about. Uh, but that will that will solve this a lot but that question if if you're thinking about it the same way we are right now a lot of times you know we'll ask each other what would you like for eat, to eat um whatever i'm i'm kind of good with whatever okay what about pizza no nah, i'm tired of pizza what about cheeseburgers no we just had that or like then the list goes on i right. mean you know you just kind of start going through all these things and it's like, well, then what do you want to eat? Like, that's the whole point. It's and like, why are we fighting now? Why are we frustrated? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because we're hungry. Hangry. But <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, true. I mean, it's it's that that question that, you know, every couple probably deals with at some point, probably daily or at least weekly that you're trying to go through and it can turn out to be a stressful situation. But it's it's almost because we are trying to put our spouse's needs before ours almost to a fault and so like if i'm asking you what would you like to eat i'm saying i'm giving you the choice that's that's how i'm interpreting it when i say is like i want you to have what you want and so you tell me but then you do the same thing right back to me because you care so much about me and now we're just in this you know constant back and forth or if i want to you know say that high expectations of you you should know what i'm thinking i can go right. um, <laughs> i don't know what do you want <laughs> And it's like, well, I just lied because I don't know. I probably do have an idea in my head and I just threw it back to you. Like, what do you want? Which is a baited question to say, what do I want? But I want you to say it right. and I want you to read my mind. And, and then we if I just get in this weird cycle, <laughs> like, I hope you're laughing because yeah. it's just what we do. Because then if I pick what I want, you're going to be grumpy at dinner because it's not yeah. what you wanted. But I literally just said... <laughs> What do you want? So <laughs> hopefully you get the point. So our takeaway for for this one is be specific, be honest. Um, like I said, don't lie on that. Like I don't know if you you do know. <laughs> um, so be specific, be honest, and tell each other what you want rather than what you don't want. I think that's a positive spin on this. It's just easier instead of I don't know. Like no, I don't want pizza. I don't want burgers. I don't want chicken again. Like the just what do you want? Yeah, or I think that's a movie clip. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> and even going back to your first example of like going out for a walk, you know, be specific. Like like you said, you know, hey, I'd love to take a walk with you this afternoon. I mean, you already stated that, but just going back to being specific and making sure the other that it's crystal clear to the other person what you're looking for because if you haven't figured it out by now in your marriage whether you've been married for a day or 50 years, you can't read your spouse's mind. Just plain and simple. I so. wish you could, but then, because we can't, kind of goes to number three of three ways. The third way that you're failing at communication is the unwillingness of one partner to consider the other's point of view. 
And when there's no communication in relationships, couples have no room to compromise. And if you can't meet in the middle on certain issues in your marriage, you're essentially invalidating your partner's wants, needs, and feelings. And those are some big words. Um, invalidating their uh, wants, needs, and feelings. That's huge, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It, it's heavy because it's true. And, you know, we don't want to do that. None of us has the intention to, I mean, hopefully you don't have the intention to invalidate your spouse's wants, needs, and feelings. Um, if you do, there's something bigger going on there. But, you know, ultimately, just as human beings, we don't naturally want to do that to somebody. Yeah, I think, like you said earlier, it's because we don't take the time to listen. Mm-hmm. So our takeaway here is to listen more and to seek to understand the other side. There's sometimes three sides to every story, you know, what I say, what you say, and what really happened. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're trying to learn the other person's point of view, you really have to listen and, and try to understand if you if you just know that it's going to be a different point of view than you, mm-hmm. not necessarily complete opposite, just different perspective um, from a different personality, from a different human being, then then you might have more grace and under, you know, that you want to understand them instead of just having that conflict of why are you so different? Um, and then you shut down and you don't communicate. And so um, draw your spouse out so that you can find that compromise. Totally. And I think that this is where, uh, you know, when we do our assessments on couples and coaching, we'll, in the report, it will let us know what each spouse's um, level of assertiveness is. And I think that comes in, into play a lot in this scenario. Um, if you're not listening enough, maybe it's just because your spouse is not quite as assertive as you are. And so in that situation, you have to be the one to try to draw them out more and give them the opportunity to speak so that they feel that they'll be heard. Um, because on the flip side of that, what we'll also see in our assessment is that the, the spouse who has higher assertiveness, so let's say, Julie, you have higher assertiveness, oftentimes will review um, the, the partner dominance. So then I would feel like I would be have a higher level of partner dominance, meaning you are dominating me more than uh, than any more than not. And so when your assertiveness is high, I'm often feeling like you're dominating. But if you can break that wall down by inviting them into the conversation more and drawing them out. I'm not saying that about you. I'm just using that as an easy example for visual. So (laughs) it is true. Um, So it's something that either I had to work on or you know that about me. So, you know, it's an it's you understand that I have a different perspective and I'm not trying to dominate i'm just speaking up more Mm -hmm. and so i've learned to draw you out or vice versa i think we kind of have different personality styles like communication styles depending on the topic (laughs) and just what we're passionate about well and and i just want to say it's not the sole responsibility of the more assertive spouse to draw the less assertive spouse out the less assertive spouse needs to start realizing that and start trying to be a little more assertive. Now, when we say assertive, that can be a a word that gets confused with mean or direct or straightforward or unkind or anything like that. 
It's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're just talking about stating how you feel. And so, you know, we've, we've said it over and over, be specific, be honest, um, make sure that you're, you're really crystal clear communicating that. So it's not the sole responsibility of the more assertive spouse to draw the other person out. It may be in the beginning as you kind of build that communication up and work that muscle. But if you find that you're the less assertive spouse, you need to start working on that too. And so I think that's a good thing to remember for both of you. Yeah, so if you're listening and you want to work on money, sex, and or communication in your marriage or any other topic, we have um, an array of (laughs) topics that, like Thomas said, there's an assessment that you'll take to find your strength areas in your marriage and your growth areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you want to uh, find that, then book a free discovery call with us at marriagepuzzle.com. You can follow us on social media at Marriage Puzzle. And we look forward to you hanging out with us next week where together we'll work on marriage one puzzle piece at a time. See you later. Have a great week.